Welcome to the weekly update where we go in depth with a particular topic. And today it's episode 260, and joining me is the Director of Workplace Relations for AMA Victoria, Grant Forsyth. Welcome, Grant. Thanks, Daniel. Nice to be here. So, Grant, today we're talking about the Best Practice Guide, uh, the prevention and management of workplace bullying for doctors in training and medical specialists in public sector health. Um, this is a result of um, quite a number of hours of work between VHIA and the AMA and ASMOF. And this was born out of the uh, best practice employment commitment provision of the agreement, which um, we'll get right into it and I'll, I'll show that on screen. And um, what it sets out is uh, um, how we got here. So as we mentioned, we have the best practice employment commitment, uh, which we can provide uh, on screen here. There's also a prevention and management of workplace bullying clause, and that's found at clause 14 of the doctors in training agreement and clause 13 of the medical specialist agreement. Uh, and we'll work through that as we move through the conversation today. Finally, the Victorian Auditor General report into bullying and harassment in the health sector. Now that's from 2016, but that still has quite a lot of relevance and importance. And we'll talk later on about how we've aligned some components of this uh, best practice guide with the Victoria uh, Auditor General report. Um, so Grant, uh, the term BPEC, uh, it replaced our favorite acronym, the SDPPWG. Which none of us could ever remember what the, the, the letters. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so um, best practice employment commitment. Um, you know, um, it's a committee that consists of AMA, ASMOF, VHIA and uh, Department of Health. And we're currently meeting monthly um, to discuss a range of things related to the agreement. And, and, and some of the things, and we'll, we'll talk briefly about some of those components that it, that it incorporates, but having the best practice employment commitment is a requirement of the state government's enterprise bargaining framework. Um, so as you mentioned, Grant, it is a committee that consists of the AMA and ASMOF, VHA and the department. The subjects for discussion within that BPEC group uh, is set out in as a term of the agreement, and, and it includes a range of things. Um, and for context, we're going to bring up an extract from Clause 63, which is um, the Best Practice Employment Commitment Committee Clause of the Medical Specialist Agreement, and we've shown that on screen. We're not going to read through this in its entirety, but members can see there are some components here that are similar to those in other agreements, but we have inserted provisions in here that are relevant specifically to doctors in training and medical specialists. Um, items that are that are included in here include in identifying and responding to matters around workload and workforce. Uh, there's in additions in there around climate change initiatives. There's also at C, you can see there the reason why we're here today, the development of an agreed best practice guide. Now that template change impact statement, that's common across all public sector agreement BPACs. And there's two here at E and F, and these are specific to medical specialists and, and doctors in training, and it's around collaboration between the parties to reduce duplication of training and promote recognition of training across health services, and also to monitor onboarding and credentialing practices to identify some opportunities for common application. And I understand there has been some level of work done at the health service level that VHIA and the AMA and ASMOF would, would like to continue to be um, involved in and hear from our members uh, and, and the AMAs and the AMAs members as that work progresses. Um, but it is that component of the BPEC that brings us here today around the development of the workplace um, bullying best practice guide. And what we may very well do is um, move to the guide itself. 
Uh, and we've, we've placed on screen that it is separated into parts and we'll be working through those parts uh, in turn today. Um, and that takes us to the guide itself, Grant. So the, the guide, I guess, um, starts with a definition of workplace bullying, and I'm sure um, most of you do understand it, but I'll, uh, I'll repeat that here for you. Um, so workplace bullying is repeated, unreasonable behaviour directed at an employee or group of employees that creates a risk to health and safety. So um, clearly uh, all doctors are entitled to a safe workplace and workplace bullying is an occupational health and safety risk. Uh, and needs to be managed uh, as such. Um, it's the responsibility of both employers and employees to prevent or, if it does occur, address it. Um, so I guess the, the important um, uh, point is that the best practice guide uh, um, isn't about introducing a, a new entitlement or uh, anything new into the, to the new agreements. Um, it's about navigating and supporting the existing entitlement um, and understanding, you know, the relationship to occupational health and safety. Um, so it's not workplace bullying is not new, um, but it is uh, our understanding uh, and uh, and the response to workplace bullying that's developed, you know, over time. And I guess a major consideration for addressing workplace bullying has been derived from the overarching occupational health and safety obligations and. Um, it continues, and this is provided in the guide, but it provides, and, and we might provide this on screen for those that are watching, that the OHNS Act does impose duties on employers and doctors with respect to a safe working environment. So that's carrying on from your comments earlier, Grant. Um, in particular, the employer must implement measures to eliminate or reduce workplace bullying so far as reasonably practicable. And uh, an extract there on screen is from the Vargo report on bullying and harassment, and it provides that workplace bullying is best dealt with by taking steps prevent it from occurring and responding quickly if it does occur. Fundamental to this is the need to create a positive workplace culture where everyone treats each other with respect. Uh, and that that probably quite timely takes us to the component of prevention grant. Yeah, so I mean, clearly uh, with any kind of occupational health and safety issue, um, the best uh, defense is attack, I guess, and you would say that prevention is the is the is the key thing that needs to happen here. So, um, you know, um, the the most effective measure um, on a occupational health and safety issue is is um, through prevention. Uh, you know, clearly that includes bullying. So, um, being able to identify uh, issues early um, is is really key to you know not having it, that a growing issue in your workplace. And I guess that takes us to the next subcomponent, which is early intervention. And um, as you mentioned, early intervention is critical. So if you haven't been able to prevent uh, workplace bullying from occurring, then early intervention is the next most important step. And efforts should be um, focused on addressing safety issues arising from workplace bullying in the most direct way possible. And in a way that does not directly or indirectly punish or harm the person who has brought the behavior to the attention of the employer. So that, I guess, takes us to uh, managing complaints. So I think that'll be uh, there'll be a slide on screen regarding that at the moment. Um, so I, I guess if um, to, we need to sort of deal with both sides of bullying and, and often the bully has no comprehension um, that their behaviour is seen as bullying. And we see that um, a lot with doctors. There, that's a hierarchical um, in, um, um, industry, if you like. And uh, so, yeah, we often clearly at AMA, ASMOF, we 
we deal with both sides of the the complaint uh, quite often. So we'll be representing the 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 bully uh, and um, the bullied, uh, and you know nine times out of ten the bully um, doesn't understand that their behaviour uh, is seen as bullying. So um, it's important to keep that in mind, and that's why I think um, you know managing com managing the complaints and the and the scenario with an eye to sort of um, uh, managing the ongoing working relationship is is key to to getting in early. Um, you know, management of complaints is the the, the key driver is the head of, um, managing your um, complaint process is the key driver to hesitancy um, within to reporting um, bullying from um, you know the per person who feels they're being bullied. Um, so complaints will need to be managed in a in a way that's fair uh, and reliable and meets the objective of uh, ensuring a safe workplace. Um, management of complaints should be confidential as possible, uh, having, as I said, an eye on maintaining the working relationships going forward for for all the parties involved. And for organisations, it's not it's no longer well, it's not about managing the bully and moving them um, away from the complainant, um, as might have been, you know, 10, 20 years ago, might have been the way to deal with you know a, a troublesome. Uh, or, or or a grumpy uh, doctor, if you like, um, but under IHS um, law, um, you need to be seen to be trying to mitigate the risk um, of the continued bullying. So um, you investigate and put measures in place to stop it. Now, I think that's a really um, yeah very detailed summary, I guess. And and where the AMA is quite unique is that you, um, as an organisation, um, some parts of your organisation represent employers uh, as well as uh, employees, which um, puts you in a very unique position compared to other unions that we deal with, particularly in the in the health space. Um, so that takes us to part two, which deals with legislation and WorkSafe. Uh, and uh, we'll, we'll start by providing on screen an extract from Section 21 of the OHNS Act. And it provides that an employer must, so far as reasonably practicable, provide and maintain for employees of the employer a working environment that is safe and without risks to health. Now, a breach of that obligation does carry some penalties, and, and that, that accounts to 1,800 penalty units for a natural person and 9,000 penalty units for a body corporate. Uh, and a breach of that provision is an indictable offence. Um, so Section 21 of the OHNS Act does also set out some actions uh, from what an employer must do to meet its obligations under the Act. And some that may be relevant to workplace bullying include, but aren't limited to, providing and maintaining a system of work that is as so as far as reasonably practicable, safe and without risks to health. Uh, maintaining as so as reasonably practicable each workplace under the employer's management and control in a condition that is safe and without risks to health. Provide so far as is reasonably practicable adequate facilities for the welfare of employees at any workplace under the management and control of the employer. And providing such information, instruction, training or supervision to employees of the employer as is necessary to enable those persons to perform their work in a way that is safe and without risk to health. So the OHNS Act also provides that an employer must monitor the conditions at a workplace under their management and control. And that now takes us uh, to uh, the obligations of employees, or in this case, the obligations of the doctor. Yeah, thanks, Daniel. So the obligation of the doctor is um, uh, under Section 25 of the OHS uh, OH Act describes the duties of an employee. And in summary, 
um, while at work, a doctor you know has to take uh, reasonable care of their own health and safety, uh, the health and safety of persons who may be affected by the employee's acts or omissions at the workplace, and cooperate with the employer with respect to any of action taken um, by the employer to comply with our HNS Act. So a breach of this obligation um, uh, can result in a 1,800 penalty units. Uh, I did the calculations this morning, Daniel, and that's $331,200 wow. for an individual. So um, yeah, so that's that's um, yeah clearly um, a, a good um, reason to to do the right thing in this space. And also uh, a breach of the requirement is also an indictable offence. So you could end up in court. Um, so it's a, yeah, it clearly. It's taken very, very seriously um, by the lawmakers of the state. But I guess um, that takes us to now, what is workplace bullying? And, and we've spoken briefly about um, what that incorporates and we'll show again on screen. It's repeated unreasonable behaviour directed at an employee or group of employees that creates a risk to health and safety. Um, an unreasonable behaviour that may, if repeated, constitute workplace bullying does include, but isn't limited to, uh, some components here that are on screen. And this is drawn from the WorkSafe Victoria's Guide for Employers on Workplace Bullying. And it's referred to as the WorkSafe Guide uh, in the Best Practice Guide. Uh, that includes verbal abuse, unreasonable demands or unnecessary pressure and impossible deadlines, uh, unfair allocation of tasks or work hours, undermining a person's work performance recognition or position, especially with their managers or co-workers, and hostile behaviour towards an employee or group of employees. So I think the um, the key point also to highlight, uh, Daniel, was um, although the definition of bullying refers to repeated unreasonable behaviour, um, often uh, single occasions of unreasonable behaviour uh, would be unacceptable. Um, so that is if, if something um, does not meet the definition of workplace bullying, it may be inappropriate behaviour and, and needs to be addressed as well. Um, those one-off occasions, uh, as we, you know, we, we can see people, um, you know, snapping, uh, if, if you like, in the workplace and, and, and that needs to be addressed. Absolutely. And, and whilst a single instance, as you put it, of, say, verbal abuse may not meet the definition of bullying, um, it is obviously unreasonable behaviour and will be addressed separately. So it's not an example where you get one free action, um, that those actions are still inconsistent with, I would imagine, the expectations of the employer as well as the obligations to provide a safe working environment. So that now takes us to what isn't workplace bullying and um, reasonable management action carried out in a reasonable manner is not workplace bullying. And this is drawn from, again, from the WorkSafe guide. The agreement does give examples of what reasonable management action carried out in a reasonable manner shall include, and that's provided on screen. So genuine and reasonable instruction, rostering and allocation of working hours where the requirements are reasonable, and constructively delivering feedback or counselling intended to help employees to improve their work performance or the standard of their behaviour. So um, I guess if you think of work-related factors, um, if left, left unaddressed can, can also result in an increased risk of workplace bullying. So what's mean, meant by work-related factor? Um, so work-related factors are anything that management uh, or anything in the management or the design of work that increases the risk, um, increases the work-related stress and also uh, 
also referred to as psychosocial hazards. Um, examples particularly relevant to doctors uh, is their you know, competitive uh, career paths um, and the duration of employment contracts. So short term, particularly for doctors in training, um, one, two year contracts, um, they feel, you know, uh, they may feel that they can't speak up because um, the, the, of their insecure employment. In particular, uh, we acknowledge that um, the, the connection between training, progression, supervision can result in a, in a power imbalance uh, between doctors and uh, which may be a relevant work related factor as well. And that takes us now to the impact of workplace bullying and, and we'll, we'll show um, we'll talk you through here. So the impacts of workplace bullying can be profound. And the best best practice guide does detail a non-exhaustive list of the impacts that are found on page four. And probably the key point here is that these impacts are examples only. And other impacts that may result from workplace bullying, and they may be entirely different to the impact the person is engaging in the behavior might have anticipated. So the primary issue is that the conduct which creates the unsafe workplace should not occur rather than the impact of the particular instance. So um, it, what, what it, we're, or, or what's in our agreements um, is, our, is on screen there. So that tells you um, what, what clauses you can find. Um, the um, the um, workplace bullying terms. Uh, so the doctors in training uh, agreement, it's clause 14, and the specialist agreement, it's uh, at clause 13. So um, pretty easy to find. But I guess the question then is why include workplace bullying terms in the agreement? And the agreement itself is a comprehensive document that covers most employment entitlements. And we want to ensure that that creates clarity and fairness for all parties involved, whether it's a doctor, or the employers um, or the unions or, or representatives uh, having to review those and provide advice on them. The inclusion of a provision addressing workplace bullying enhances the agreement's completeness and it does foster transparency. And what we would hope is that it ensures that doctors and employers understand their rights and responsibilities. It is anticip anticipated that having a workplace bullying clause in the agreement provides a healthier and more respectful workplace. So uh, what do the, I guess, what do the, Agreements do, uh, as you see on screen there. Um, where you know what what's what are the actual clauses um, outlined? So the prevention of and management of workplace bullying terms in the agreement, they do a range of things, uh, and all of uh, which are directed towards uh, you know providing a safe work environment for doctors. So um, as you see there on screen, subclause uh, one identifies the, that workplace bullying is an occupational health and safety issue. Uh, Subclause two defines key terms, including workplace bullying, and gives examples of contact, conduct that could constitute bullying. Um, Subclause three refers to the um, duty of the employer to provide a safe workplace and the, and the role of prevention uh, of bullying. Uh, work, uh, Subclause four concerns prevention more broadly and, uh, and things that are required in, for the inclusion uh, in workplace policies. Uh, Subclause five identifies early intervention as critical. Six concerns uh, managing complaints in, of workplace bullying, including investigations. Seven concerns the appointment of external investigator. And then finally, eight identifies sources of additional information. And I guess that takes us now to part four, um, which deals with the Vargo report. So in 2016, the Victorian Auditor General's Office conducted a report on workplace bullying and harassment within the Victorian public health sector. 
And the Vargo report did shed some light on the importance of cultivating a positive workplace culture and highlighted the alarming inadequacies in health service agencies' responses to bullying as a significant occupational health and safety risk. Notably, the report put forth uh, 12 recommendations which primarily aim to enhance governance and leadership, uh, establish a comprehensive approach bolstered by improved capabilities, and prioritising the implementation of an effective formal response system. The Vargo report's findings and recommendations underscored the pressing need at the time for systemic improvements to address and prevent workplace bullying in the Victorian health sector. And I think I would add, um, uh, Daniel, that, you know, as I've already alluded to, you know, AMA, ASMOF, we're in a, and you've mentioned, we're in a unique situation. And I think um, the culture uh, is, you know, what we're looking to sort of address um, in, in the clauses and in the guide um, to try and aid a move away from that sort of hierarchical um, do as I say um, uh, culture that uh, is, is prominent in, in medicine, I guess. So as well as identifying workplace bullying as a safety issue, the Vargo report made the following observations regarding the impact of uh, a safety culture. Uh, the impact of, uh, you know, on screen now is a, is a quote from the report, that the impact of poor OHS is felt not only um, by the affected staff, but also by the, by the patients they are treating. Uh, health sector organisations with strong safe staff safety cultures have fewer patient safety incidents and incidents that do occur are of shorter duration. So it's really important for the uh, safety of patients as well as staff that, um, you know, the culture is addressed. Uh, so it's in the interest of all parties um, to make sure that they do that. An early intervention for minor inappropriate behaviours are, are important as well. Um, and the definition of workplace bullying does include a reference to unreasonable behaviour, which if repeated can constitute workplace bullying. Um, and the concept of workplace bullying does encompass instances of unreasonable behaviour, which when repeated can qualify as workplace bullying. And the Vargo report highlights that bullying exists along a spectrum of inappropriate workplace conduct, emphasising the need for early intervention to curtail the progression of such behaviour into what we would say full-fledged workplace bullying. Um, and in providing on screen an extract from the report provides that evidence indicated that workplace conflicts or minor inappropriate behaviours can easily escalate into bullying or harassment. Early intervention can prevent this. In addition, minor inappropriate behaviours can cause harm and distress and pose a risk to health and safety and need to be appropriately resolved. Yeah, and, and further to that, the report went on to say, you know, for a healthy work environment, uh, leadership at all levels must prioritise bullying as a, as a serious safety risk. The organisation's culture should foster evidence um, among employees, including doctors, that their concerns will be taken seriously and that the employer will proactively address both actual and perceived risks. And again, I come back to, you know, in that space, um, you know, doctors in training in particular, but also specialists do feel um, that they need to, you know, uh, toe the line to, to progress their careers um, and keep their job. Uh, appropriate leadership is essential for fostering a suitable culture where workplace bullying is treated as a priority due to the serious safety implications. The Vargo report, however, identified poor accountability on the issues at the time, um, and it said as follows. Uh, there was poor accountability for inappropriate behaviour, including bullying uh, within the audited agencies. Um, 
The, this included a consistent failure to hold senior staff to account for inappropriate behaviours. Respondents described a double standard within agencies where some individuals were perceived as untouchable despite widespread awareness of their of their consistently inappropriate behaviour. Underreporting um, is also seen by an issue, the Vargo as an issue. Um, Vargo report identified this was driven by a lack of confidence in the process. So uh, both in terms of the responsible um, those responsible for managing the complaint and uh, that it would make that it wouldn't make any difference. And then uh, another point was the fear of consequences, as I've kind of alluded to already. And I guess that takes us now to prevention. And besides cultivating a positive culture, the sorry, the implementation of robust policies and procedures is crucial for mitigating inappropriate behaviours like workplace bullying. To maintain their efficient uh, efficacy, it is important to periodically review and evaluate those policies and procedures and inclusive input from representatives of employees who are the most susceptible to such behaviours should be sought to ensure that these measures are functioning as intended and do not hinder the prevention and resolution of workplace bullying incidents. So we would, um, I guess, uh, clearly we've sort of uh, indicated that early intervention is, is mm. probably the, the best way to go when dealing with these uh, sorts of issues. Um, so early resolution of complaints regarding workplace bullying before they become a more serious uh, or damaging uh, or escalate to more serious bullying incidents, it's critical that um, uh, for, for it's critical to do that um, to successfully respond to inappropriate behaviour. So early intervention is the best defence, um, but then you may, um, you know, if that didn't happen, then clearly there's a formal process that needs to take place. So um, as we say, early intervention is preferred, but a formal investigation um, might be necessary. So observations from the Vargo report again on uh, responding and, and, to, and addressing workplace bullying uh, should be taken into account when examining uh, culture policies and procedures. Um, so you'll see on screen there, um, there was uh, um, the, this, there was reported little knowledge of independent avenues of support, um, particularly as as I say for doctors in training, um, a lack of trust in the independence of the process or in the capa uh, capability of and authority of the human resources department, and a lack of support for complainants or uh, feedback on outcomes. Um, of their complaint following the investigation, and um, I can tell you, I've um, I've seen that um, firsthand on a number of occasions. Um, despite the reported challenges, employers should actively promote early intervention. And I know some health services have done a lot of work in that space uh, already. Uh, intervention through culture, policies, procedures, and um, particularly the employer should uh, record issues related to inappropriate behaviour resolved through early intervention. Um, that gives you a good tool to say whether you're whether it's successful or not. Um, and I think sometimes, um, you know, that early intervention or uh, a, a non-formal um, uh, non sort of process, sometimes those things get lost um, and they go into innuendo and, and things. So if you can keep a record of where you've done that, that's helpful. Uh, um, uh, with staff feedback, develop strategies uh, to address reporting barriers and implement and monitor these strategies, establish um, and deliver a robust bus formal complaints process that everyone can understand um, 
uh, review and strengthen the capacity and capability of human resources departments to deliver consistent organisational approach to preventing and responding to inappropriate behaviour, including bullying and harassment. That takes us to part five, which deals with resources. And the guide frequently references the workplace guide, which can be accessed for further information. WorkSafe Victoria also provide additional resources on bullying and the Department of Health has developed resources in response to the Vargo report. And you'll see um, in the, uh, the, there's also in the guide, six sort of case studies. Um, and they have, um, the six case studies with following questions uh, are related to um, individual um, cases. Uh, we should note here that these are just case studies. Um, they've been developed for the purpose of uh, creating and encouraging discussion in the workplace with respect to uh, workplace bullying. And they're not drawn from specific examples or cases that we've run. Um, it's it, clearly, it, it was designed just to be able to give people somewhere to start um, and, um, and, and, and start that conversation. And I guess it's safe to say that following on from that, that um, we, we thought of the types of questions or learnings we would want the, the reader to develop and then develop the, the example case study kind of after we develop the questions, um, which goes to your point that they don't represent individual cases, they are um, just to try and provide a learning opportunity. Um, thank you so much, Grant, for joining us today. Um, the best practice guide for uh, the um, bullying best practice guide is attached to Bulletin 2899 uh, and can be accessed through the VHIA website. I trust, Grant, that the AMA will um, also make that available to your members through your membership portal. Correct. Yes, it'll be on um, our so website. Wonderful. So AMA members um, can access that either from your employer or from AMA Victoria and uh, health services can access that through the VHIA website. As I mentioned again, thank you so much, Grant, for joining us uh, and we'll see you next time. No problem. Thanks, Daniel. Thank you.